Welcome to Wings Way, a podcast looking back at the history of the Kalamazoo Wings. I'm voice of the K-Wings, Isaac Berkey, and throughout the course of this season, we're going to hear a lot of great stories and get a behind-the-scenes look from those players and coaches who lived it over the last 44 seasons. Back on another affiliate night edition of the Wingsway podcast, I'm joined by the voice of the Vancouver Canucks, John Shorthouse. John, first off, game last night. Really appreciate you taking some time this morning to uh, talk with us. Not a problem. Not a problem. It's uh, nice to get up and nice day to be inside here. It is pouring rain on the first day of November. Well, never, you know, always a good day to day to spend that inside and I guess uh, recover from a victory last night. Um, the Canucks off to a pretty fast start here the start of this year. A young team out there in Vancouver. Is this going better than anyone out there really could have expected at this point? I think so. Um, I, I think they've turned some heads with uh, the fact that they've won more than they've lost, uh, that they're scoring goals, um, and they're doing it again, which has become sort of an, an annual tradition for this team in the face of a really long list of significant injuries. So, um, yeah, I think they've exceeded expectations. It helps that they're in probably the worst division in hockey. And, you know, as we speak uh, on this show, they're first place in the Pacific with a record of eight and six. Um, so that's probably unexpected where they are in the standings. Um but they've had some some nice performances, and I guess the guy who is uh, stealing all of the spotlight, or most of it, and for good reason, is 19-year-old Elias Pettersson, who's just uh, come in and uh, performed a, a level that no one could have predicted. Uh, he's just fit right in amazingly well, 10 points in eight games. He missed some time with that concussion uh, after a, a hard takedown in Florida. But uh, he's been uh, everything uh, as advertised and more. Uh, he is worth the price of admission so far this year. From your perspective, what obviously he is the story in the NHL this year. What's been the key to his success just kind of fitting in and hitting the ground running in Vancouver? He's a very confident guy. Um, by all accounts, he's a very quick study. Um, he's uh, not likely to make the same mistake twice. And it's a steep learning curve, but uh, his hockey acumen is such that uh, he's grasping it very quickly. And I say that in reference to not just the offensive side of the game, but the defensive side. Um, you know, a guy who played wing uh, all of last year in the Swedish Elite League, where he was named MVP as a teenager, which is quite a ma- remarkable in itself. And then to ask him to come in, not that he hasn't played center before, but to ask him to do it, uh, at the NHL level uh, with the defensive responsibilities and some of the big centers uh, that you see in this division. You know, you, uh, they haven't played all of them yet, but you think of, you know, the Ryan Getzloffs and the uh, Andre Kopitar, uh, Joe Thornton, Connor McDavid. Uh, you know, these are challenges, and uh, so far he's lived up to them. He's performed well in all three zones, and obviously he's been producing offensively uh, at a rate, uh, you know, we don't see very often for a, a guy playing his first games in the league. He's right up there with some of the real luminaries, you know, the Crosbys, the Malkins, uh, for the number of points he's put up in his, his first not even 10 games in the NHL. And, of course, he's not the only young guy out there putting up some points and having a strong start to the year. Guys like Brock Besser, how important is the youth movement to the Canucks right now? Well, it is. That's what it is. I mean, it's the, the Sedin era is over. Uh, they're committed to, to playing the young guys. They did bring in some, some veterans in the offseason 
um, mostly to perform specific roles, penalty killing being one of them, um, but also to kind of insulate the youngsters a little bit, give them a, a sense of uh, protection might be a good word. Uh, it just confidence, you know, that, that there are guys who've been around the block that have their back and, and give them a little bit of freedom to operate. Um, so, yeah, Besser, Besser is, is off to a slower start than uh, than last year, obviously. Uh, you know, he had a remarkable year in his rookie season, uh, had that awful back injury uh, in March and missed two months of uh, training in the off season. has been hampered a little bit by a groin problem that cost him a few games last week. Um, but, you know, he he's still dangerous at times. He's only got two goals so far this year, but I don't think they're too worried about Brock Besser in the sense that they think that once he gets up to speed and once he gets to feeling healthy again, that uh, he's going to be able to produce at or near the rate he was last year. You've mentioned injuries on a couple of occasions. You've been with the Canucks organization for a while now. How have you seen them utilize their affiliates to kind of fill that gap when injuries occur to some of those big-name players or really anyone throughout the lineup? Well, you feel sorry almost uh, for the staff down in Utica um, in that the Canucks for the last number of years have been right up there in terms of man games lost. It's uncanny how much time uh, numerous players have missed. And, uh, you know, credit to Ryan Johnson and Trent Cull, uh, the GM and coach of the Utica Comets, uh, because they just find a way. And, you know, they're, they're <laughs> some of the guys they need to find and scouring, you know, the earth to just try to get bodies into the lineup because the Canucks are constantly uh, cherry-picking players just because they have to. I mean, they have six regulars out of the lineup already this year. Uh, they started the season pretty much entirely healthy, uh, but now – uh, you know, you have Chris Tanev and Alex Edler. Their top two defensemen are out. Um, Brandon Sutter is injured. Uh, Sven Berchi is injured. Anders Nielsen, the backup goalie, is injured. So, you know, you've got all these players, Darren Archibald, uh, Guillaume Brisebois, Richard Bachman, Brendan Gauntz, who scored twice. Or pardon, didn't score twice. He scored once, had the, uh, the winning goal against Chicago. Uh, you, you know, these are key pieces to the, the team in the American League, but the Canucks need them. And, and so they're here and making a contribution. Um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, and, uh, you know, you just hope for good fortune moving forward. They get some of these bodies back. They manage to stay healthy, and Utica can have a stronger lineup as they try to muddle the way through their season as well. Obviously, not a lot of guys, gonna, hardly anybody, going to make the jump from the ECHL to the NHL in this same season. But just looking over the way Vancouver has been able to kind of develop those guys, obviously you have an older guy like Archibald, but some of the younger prospects, what have you seen from the Canucks as far as the ability to work with those guys in the minor leagues, develop them, and slowly bring them along or fast-track them to the NHL? Yeah, I think they've tried to, I mean, you're speaking to me from the, the great state of Michigan, and uh, you know, I think they've tried to follow a, a Red Wing model to a degree, uh, in that they don't want to rush guys if they don't have to. Uh, Thatcher Demko is a great example. He's out right now with concussion issues, but the goaltender who's uh, you know really viewed as the goalie of the future, and uh, it probably could if needed to you know play at the NHL level right now. But they want him to play as much as he possibly can, and they just don't think he would get enough action at the NHL level. So. Uh, they're bringing him along, uh, much like the team did in the past with a Corey Schneider. 
uh, and that's kind of the model they want to follow. So uh, they, they've shown a, a degree of patience. I think they learned a lesson a couple of years ago when they decided to plunk Jake Vertanen and Jared McCann into the opening night roster. And as a couple of teenagers, they probably weren't quite ready for that and could have used a little bit of seasoning. Um, so you, you, you live and you learn. But uh, you talk about the East Coast, the Canucks have two of the, in history, the better examples of players, you know, coming from there and playing in the NHL and, and making, uh, you know, huge contributions, or certainly in the case of Alex Burroughs, who, who had a stellar NHL career and, uh, you know, was basically a walk-on in the ECHL. And the late Rick Rippon, uh, same kind of a idea in that he was basically a, a walk-on with the Manitoba Moose in, in the American League and uh, wound up uh, uh, playing some significant uh, games for the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, it, it, the tradition continues. You know, it's it's a great um, level of hockey. And, uh, you know, we don't get to see it enough here, uh, but we do see the the product and, and reap the rewards of all the work that goes in uh, with Utica in, in this case with the players that come up and make significant contributions. Well, we will end it on that note. John Shorthouse, voice of the Vancouver Canucks. Thanks so much for your time this morning. All right, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wings Way and make sure to check back each week for new episodes. Is there a former K-Wing you want to hear from? Head on over to any of our social media accounts and let us know. While you're there, make sure to follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you can stay up to date with all your K-Wings news.